0: We'd like to start by acknowledging that this podcast was written and recorded across two different locations. In the spirit of reconciliation in Australia, we acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation as well as the Wadawurrung people. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and extend these respects to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. And welcome to Talking About a More Digital Government, a podcast by Code for Australia. My name's Esther, and I'm Code for Australia's Head of Community and Communications, and I'm thrilled to be back for our second season of this podcast. We'll continue exploring the ins and outs of digital in the public sector, chatting to some amazing folks working in the field, and learning more about civic tech initiatives from around Australia. Digital maturity is a topic we hear a lot about in the public sector. How do we measure it? What should the end goal be? And importantly, how do we improve it? These are questions that often lead to a lot of discussion and some confusion. So, in this episode, we'll be talking to Lara Stevenson, the lead researcher on Code for Australia's Digital Maturity Indicator, a tool to help organisations measure, benchmark, and improve their digital maturity across six key areas. Lara will be speaking to us about what digital maturity actually looks like in the public sector, and the frameworks and methodologies that we can utilise to benchmark and improve it within government teams. She'll also be filling us in on a great way to get involved, a whole of government survey which is currently running that will help establish a baseline for digital maturity across the sector and result in a report featuring actionable recommendations to improve support for teams and individuals involved in digital delivery. Let's welcome Lara.
1: My name is Lara Stevenson and I'm a researcher with the Digital Maturity Indicator at Code for Australia and as well as that, I am a social entrepreneur and designer with my own business, Social Good Outpost.
0: We're going to be talking about the upcoming Whole of Government Digital Maturity Indicator survey, but let's take a step back for a second. What does digital maturity mean to you?
1: I I feel that digital maturity means... Working together in a connected, collaborative way in our our current world, which has changed a lot in the last few years, particularly. Digital maturity is also about using our ability to work together in different places and together in the room, synchronously and asynchronously. And really, to me, it's about sharing knowledge, information and processes so that everyone can work closer, better together. And um, the big picture is that this leads leads to a more efficient, effective service for both citizens and staff working in government. So the big picture seems really simple. When you take out all of the technical details, it's about working together, sharing information um, and enabling
0: each other to do that. Tell me a little bit about the Digital Maturity Indicator methodology. How did it all come about?
1: Sure. So the the Digital Maturity Indicator formed out of work done by the Harvard Kennedy School of Government in America in uh, 2018. They brought teams, digital teams from around the world together to co-create a model for digital maturity. So we at Code for Australia took their findings out of that. They found they made a big matrix involving six key areas um, that helped measure digital maturity. In uh, 2019, we at Code for Australia took that research that the Harvard Kennedy School did and shaped it to the Australian environment, both through a pilot of real work and through our prior experience so that we were asking the right questions over the six key indicators. We created a set of research activities and questions to measure digital maturity and uh, successfully ran this with three agencies that year in 2019. Through that process, we've got a model out of it that we feel really measures the Australian environment. So what are the six key areas? The six indicators that measure digital maturity are skills and hiring, institutional capacity, delivery capability human centered design cross government platforms and political environment we we tend to find that skills and hiring which is about people really comes at the center of these six areas and that political environment is the outer shell or the ecosystem that everything else happens in and the other areas are about measuring um how easily the um, people are enabled to do work and what resources are able to support them and how easy it is to share information.
0: Who would you say it's for? What types of teams?
1: So we initially ran the Digital Maturity Indicator with three state government departments, including the Public Service Commission in New South Wales. But the structure of the DMI is such that as, as, as we mentioned, it's really about people working together in the most effective and efficient way. And it's, it's all designed towards civic and, and public institutions. So it really is applicable across all levels of government, from local government and councils up to state and federal
0: government. So how does it happen? How do these engagements work?
1: Yeah, so when, when a department or agency comes and says that they want to run the digital maturity indicator, we meet together to first know what are their desired outcomes. Some departments come to us because they want to um, have us prove or disprove a theory they have about how, how um, work is going in their department in order to uh, later on make some changes such as um, an increase in their digital capability or they come to us because they want a baseline measurement of how are things now just before they embark on a whole heap of changes. We've also had people come to us after doing a whole heap of changes just to kind of get a measurement to see where they are then. But basically, we really really talk with that agency to find out what are their specific goals, because we can make sure that we focus recommendations around that. One of the outcomes that we had had done in the past for instance was a ideal project template which had a lot of little little reminders for different stages of the project including before during after and 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 maintenance or growth of the project so there were all of these things that 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 department could reference so after talking together to find out the goals we start the engagement by doing interviews usually these interviews are one on one and across all levels of the department so from leadership to day-to-day staff, technical staff and and other and other specialists. so we make sure that we, we cover all levels of, of the organization as much as possible and including any important project staff that m- might be running right now, as well as that we create a survey. This survey is or can be slightly customized to help target, that agency's specific goals and we run that survey with as many people as possible in the organization after that we create a very readable very accessible report that really focuses across those six key digital maturity indicators tells tells basically the top level like what's going really well what are some barriers that you're facing in those areas and the most important bit we feel is that we always present recommendations and these recommendations are designed to be practical, actionable and build on each other. And speaking of building on each other, we also run prioritization workshops, which are optional, but I think extremely valuable so that you can start, you can start with the, the key items that are easy, but make the most difference and really accelerate your changes from there. Some of the outcomes of completing the DMI is an assessment of your current strengths. This is really important because no situation is all negative. Um, nowhere we've worked in has had a terrible situation all around. Actually, they mostly have one excellent situation that's leading the way. So one of these areas, these six indicators will be really leading. And sometimes that's where you can get the most leverage. Sometimes that's where you can say this has worked really, really well, or you can share these stories of success. So the current strengths is definitely one of the outcomes. As well, we do touch on areas that could be improved so that you can see what are the barriers. When you're working in a situation day to day, you don't always have a very clear view of what might be standing in your way. And it might not be a big barrier. It might just be something that everybody needs to have a look at agree on and move forwards from so it's great to get that external point of view and we're coming in and trying to help you make change we're not coming in and writing a huge report we're coming in and trying to create actionable steps forward to increase increase digital maturity but also increase um, ease of working day to day
0: it seems like there's a lot of emphasis on the people side of things. And I think often people focus a lot on the technology side of digital maturity. Can you give us some examples of the types of recommendations that you give in these areas?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. And it, it would be about people first. And then the technology is what supports us to connect with each other. But we're not connecting with Microsoft Word. We're connecting with um, or Teams. We're connecting with the person on the other side of that technology. One of the areas that we really like to start with our recommendations because it's really common across a lot of departments is skills and hiring. Also because this is where a lot of the change that you make can really ripple out throughout the organisation because this is the area that focuses on on people and their skills and, and what they're enabled to do. So some examples of recommendations that we have given is to invest in digital capability of individual staff. I mean, there's a huge appetite for learning and everybody wants to be able to do their job better or more efficiently or be less hindered by the um, technical or digital environment. So while we're not saying everyone has to start coding, what we're saying is can they use the tools that they need to do their job as, as well as possible. And if there's something that staff really want to learn how to do, like a new way of managing projects, invest in, invest in that kind of upskilling. This is also an area that's a lot about supporting people. So recognising people's growth and achievements, um, supporting people to learn learn new ways of working in ways that they're comfortable with, whether that's just a lunchtime learning session or a a bigger course or series of of workshops. We basically also recommend people can learn by watching um, or testing out new ways of working and just having enough spare time to kind of learn and try things out without feeling pressured like the success of the project depends on them.
0: What are some of the things you hear a lot from people who undertake this work? Yeah, we do. We
1: do hear that people want to feel confident and competent in their job. It's also clear that people have heard about different ways of working, such as human centered design or such as agile, and they're kind of they're quite curious about it, as well as feeling like they don't want to be left behind in how they're working. Um, we've seen when one person brings, say, a new hire brings a skill such as human-centred design into their team, they can change the whole culture of that team in such a short time. Under six months, we heard a story about somebody who went from working in, in a previous, more traditional way to a full human-centred design um, project-style way in their small team, and that team was thrilled. It Usually, all of these things that we're talking about help people work together better. It's not about putting fancy terms down, it's not about making things more uh, technical it's about creating better solutions to problems and um, everybody wants to be able to do that nobody wants to feel left behind and I think a lot of people there there is a perception that as a government worker you're not so technical maybe you, you do have to manage a computer but you're not like excellent with computers well this isn't Yeah, the computer is the tool. Um, People want to be good at working with the tool, but the end goal is so that they can help and share with other people. so.
0: So where does the Digital Maturity Indicator Survey fit into this? What are its goals? The Digital Maturity Indicator Survey that we've just
1: created, the goal is that it reports on the whole of government throughout Australia and it creates a great baseline plus yearly intervals of revisiting that Measurement baseline um, so that we can see the national trend throughout Australia in digital maturity. So, the survey basically asks questions across the six key indicators. Uh, there's about four or five questions per indicator. And there's also space for people to tell us their own experiences and stories if we haven't asked specifically. We are asking it of people working at all levels and definitely it's anonymous. We just really want to get a good picture of, of where government is. So the outcomes of the survey will include providing advice and suggestions on a whole of government level that individual teams can use, much like our reports we want the advice to be really actionable so even if you're one small team reading a whole of government survey outcome or report that we create and send out we want this to be really actionable to you at your level
0: what would you say are some of the benefits for folks who are keen to undertake the survey some of the some of
1: the great benefits i would say that that you could get through filling out this survey is that Once you have filled it out and, of course, shared it with um, your co-workers to fill out as well, once you get the report outcomes, you can take that to your executive or your leadership and say, use it to back up a theory that you have or an argument for change that you have in your workplace. Um, It's a great researched and unbiased tool that you can say, "This this is proof or evidence of the change that I would like to make. These are the recommendations of the whole of government so we're really bringing a wide lens. Even doing the survey might help you think think through things in different ways because of the way that the survey breaks up the six areas of digital maturity. You might start to see patterns in your own area of work that you can start putting into practice while waiting for the report to come out. And of course, As the survey grows and as time passes, we're going to have year-on-year comparisons and national trends. So we'll we'll be able to work from that and explore that more as as that comes out. Great. Thanks, Lara. Is there anything else you want to add? I think the only other thing that I would add in is that the more people from the more different areas more levels from leadership to -to day-to-day staff to technical specialists and from regional remote city departments the more people that can do the survey the better and more valuable our data will be so um, if you do get the chance to do the survey please recommend it to as many people in government or public service as possible
0: Thank you very much to Lara Stevenson for speaking to us on the topic of digital maturity in the public sector. The link to the whole of government digital maturity indicator survey can be found in the show notes for this episode. Until next time.